Lehman Diaz, the only one on the right side of the infield. This one down the right field line. Sanchez. Oh, boy! He caught it with his bare hand! He overran it and caught it with his bare hand! We've talked about the Padres, how they had the toughest schedule going down the stretch to begin with. So this isn't really news worthy like we knew this could happen but yeah. i really want to kind of get into why they've been doing like they've been having this struggle because like in the beginning of the season man we would have thought that the padres would have been head to head with the dodgers going for this division oh yeah um, like 95 giants, wins like right as like a floor yeah. and like the giants were a wild card like they they came in out of nowhere but you really still thought it would be like a three-team race and it's just not like the Dodgers are a game behind the Padres right now. We'll get into standings a little bit later, but then the Padres are about 20 games behind the Giants right now. So that's significant. Um, there's like a few reasons for this. Um, like they just have some of their guys just aren't having the types of seasons that like they're used to having. Like you Darvish is one. Like right now you Darvish has a ERA above four. Um, mm. You know, his 162 career game average is a 3.55 ERA. So that's not like him to do that. And even then, and, I feel like that's underselling how good he is. Right. Because he's had some kind of weird years where yeah. he hasn't been up to his par. Um, Blake Snell is another one. Um, right now, he currently has a 4.20 ERA. His usual average ERA is a 3.42. Um, and then Chris Paddock, their number again. So Darvish was probably projected to be their number one starter. Right. Snell probably projected to be number two. Um, Chris Paddock probably projected to be their number five starter. Right now he has a 5.07 ERA. Um, and his average ERA over 162 career is 4.21. So, like, it's not great. But for a five starter, you'll take 4.2 over 5.07 any day, um, obviously. Yeah. And you all know, uh, say really a- quick about Snell, too. The numbers you just read are after he had a hot streak. Like, he started off this season awful. Right. So, yeah, what has he had? Like, three or four starts in a row now where he's been, like, solid. He's been killing it. Yeah, like, recently, recently. But, like, as a whole, Um, like, a bad season. Yeah. I mean, so that's, like, three of their five starters. And then you don't even talk about Denelson Lamette, who right right right. now has a 4.10 ERA, plus he's barely pitched this year because he's been Mm -hmm. hurt a lot. Um, Like, so he was probably projected to be their number four starter. So four out of your five starters are either hurt. Also, currently, Snell and Paddock are hurt right now, and they may miss the rest of the season. So that's not the news that they needed to hear this. Uh, I mean, it's just whether it's due to injury, whether it's just due to underperformance, four of their projected to be five starters have had down seasons. Joe Musgrove was probably going to be their number three starter, and he's actually had a solid season. Yeah, he's been very everybody good. else. Um, but so that's their starting rotation. It's obviously been the most glaring issue on the team, but like it's not the only one. I mean, Emilio Pagan was probably projected to be their setup man. He had a solid season last year. He had a great few years in Tampa. Um, and so far this season, he has a 4.50 ERA. Um, hmm. You know, his average ERA is 3.24 over the seasons before this. So like that's kind of strange too. Um, you can't have a setup in hand that has an ERA of 4.50. That does not really work out too well. Mm. Um, you know, and I mean, the rest of their bullpen has been pretty solid. Mark Melanson currently leads the league in saves, but 
because of Pagan's struggles, you wonder if he leads the league in saves because he's had a lot of two inning saves or five yeah, out saves true. or something because of that. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at their position players, though, too, other than Tatis and Machado, most guys have not had their best seasons. Not even close, honestly. I wouldn't even say like, Machado's having his best season either. But no, he's not. Your point's still taken. Right. And like, I mean, Austin Nola right now has one home run. Hmm. Before this season, his 162 average is 16 homers. So, I mean, that's just, he's their starting catcher. Pretty much, he yeah. can play other positions, but um, that's just kind of strange. Um, you know, Eric Hosmer. You never know really what you can expect from him. You know, he's a great clubhouse guy, and that's the biggest reason why they have him. Um, plus, postseason, he's clutch, whatever. But if you don't make it there, that doesn't matter. And like right now, mm. Hosmer is hitting two sixty six. He's got eleven homers, sixty two RBIs, and a seven twenty three OPS. So, if you think about Eric Hosmer, that probably sounds about average to his numbers. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, his career his career numbers is average over 162 is 277, 20 homers, 87 RBIs, 767 OPS. So I guess you wish some more power was there because obviously then the RBIs would go up. But other than that, he's really similar to what he usually is. But still, like, that's not great. And it's not like for him to kind of have a little bit of a down year when everybody else is doing the same thing kind of promotes like that. It's more of an issue than it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other guy like. Adam Frazier, who they just traded for, um, you know, he was a beast in Pittsburgh. And ever since he got to San Diego, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great either. I believe he's only hit about 260-something since he got there, which isn't that bad. But, like, you know, I mean, even this season, though, like, he's only hit four homers, and he only has 40 RBIs. His 162-game average before this year was 10 homers and 53 RBIs. So the power's kind of gone disappeared really um he's getting on mm-hmm. base more but still i mean you would like him to hit some more homers really get into some more uh doubles even get his slugging up and then the entire outfield has kind of been a mess dude i mean it's kind of strange that you think about these names that i'm about to say and they're all having pretty much their worst seasons of their career tommy Pham has a 730 ops right now his average ops before this season was an 813 ops hmm so it's almost 100 points lower. Um, Trent Grisham, I mean, he's not that far off from what his average numbers would be. But when the other guys are struggling, it's like if, if you're struggling too, then it all kind of comes to a head. Um, I like Grisham. And then I feel like his I do too. start out the season so well and it just does not carry over. Right. And, I mean, I feel like he's maybe gotten injured a little bit too. Some of these guys – may have gotten injured along the way, which could be why I believe that was the case with Nola for somewhat of the season. But okay, I mean, a guy like Will Myers too, man, it's a guy that's always confused me because he had so much hype coming up. He was a rookie of the year in Tampa Bay. And like, yeah. he's had like, he's had an okay season, but like, I feel like he never hit that like all-star peak level no. like, that you thought he was going to hit because like, he's been a weird player. Know, yeah. Right, right now he's hitting 257, 17 homers, 62 RBIs, and a 782 OPS. That's okay, like for a like platoon kind of guy, maybe something like that. But like he's their everyday right fielder, pretty much. So that's not really what you want. Um, you know, I mean, there were times, man, where guys projected him to be like like a Mike Trout or like a guy like that, and he never really hit it. And it's not that he's a bad player because of that, but he just never 
never got to that point where we thought he would. Um, and another guy like that is Jerickson Profar too, who's also having a kind of a shitty season. Um, mm. You know, he, he never really hit his peak either, but he had a solid year last year with San Diego in a shortened season. Yeah. Um, but this year, man, he's only hitting 237. He's got four homers, 32 RBIs, and a 675 OPS. I mean, that's just way low for his usual 162 average. He usually hits 238, which is about the same as now. But 15 homers, 61 RBIs, and a 709 OPS is the usual. So everything else is way low. Um, obviously that kind of can depend on playing time too. Cause like I said, he's a platoon kind of guy. He's kind of a utility guy, but he gets a solid amount of at bats. So that's not the only issue. I mean, I just, if you look at the Padres, man, so the guys I just said six out of the Padres, eight projected starting position players and four out of their five starting pitchers are having down seasons, whether it's from projections or their own standards that they've made in the past. So if you have that many guys having quote unquote down seasons, you're not going to be the top dog in the NL West. Uh, that's just plain and simple yeah. what it is. Um, it's mind mind blowing to me that all these guys are having such off seasons at the same time. Well, right. That, that's kind of, I feel like the, and this is not to oversimplify to make excuses. <laughs> I do feel like, everything that could have gone wrong for this team has kind of gone wrong. I mean, we, when you talk about down seasons, we talk about so many guys in rotation getting injured. I mean, freaking Jake Arrieta, they signed him. <laughs> and I think he got yeah. injured in like the first inning of his first start. Right. So he like did, yeah. a lot of things have not broken their way. Other thing too, as you were reading this, I will say, I feel like ever since the Max Scherzer debacle, yeah. they had – I, I feel like it's not been the same and there's no correlation there. Like there's like, there's no, there's no cause of that, but like, it just, it does feel like from that moment, things started to turn a little bit. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit though. It's like, I do feel like there's some sort of correlation between the two things. Like if you're like the Padres clubhouse, right. And you're like sitting there watching MLB network or something and yeah. you see Scherzer's coming to San Diego and you all go like nuts like man we're getting Scherzer or whatever and mm -hmm. I'm like an hour later you're sitting there and he goes to the Dodgers who you hate that rivalry has become a thing now and he goes to your division rival I mean that's gotta be like a punch in the gut man it really does and he's it doesn't help that he's looked insane he's looked so good with that team so Dude, with, just imagine with all the struggles if he yeah switch spots right now where the Padres might right. be you know especially with all their starting pitching injuries struggles like if they had Scherzer all these like if they had Scherzer so they'd have Scherzer number one and then they'd have like Darvish Snell who have kind of turned their seasons around as two three they would look at a whole lot different man I'm telling you like and then you probably would have Musgrove as your four like, and he's yeah. probably, I mean, he could be the two at this point because he's having such a great season. So I definitely think there's some sort of reason, like it, it makes sense that they've kind of struggled since then, especially with such a young clubhouse, I think too. Um, mm. You know what I mean? You um, know, one thing we, we also didn't even mention in the news today was the Machado Tatis fight. Right. So that, that makes it even worse. What's happening right now. Um, I didn't really, I, I honestly, it, I won't dwell on this, but like, I didn't really get it from a child's perspective. Like Tatis was just pissed. He struck out and then he went back to the dugout and was like slamming his helmet. Like, 
he didn't get ejected. I, I think Machado was like, you got to stay in this game. You know, you get like, you got to focus on the team. But Tatis didn't get ejected. I was just confused why he no. was so angry. It, it, it like it didn't feel justified to me. Yeah, it's like, I feel like I agree with you. Like, I guess we don't necessarily know what Tatis said, but like from what we know or from what we've seen from Tatis is that like he's a team guy. Like, it seems like he is. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I guess Machado is like the big brother of the two, if you want to look at it like that. So, you know, maybe you take Tatis down into the clubhouse if you got something to say, and then you say yeah. it there. Like, we projected that's what happened with McNeil and Lindor with the Mets. Like, that that's what happened in the clubhouse, though. So no one saw it. Like, when you're doing that and you're struggling the way you are, like, I mean, is that, suppo- is that supposed to make Tatis play better? Because you literally just yelled at him like he's a five-year-old kid in front of the cameraman. So, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily going to work. I'm sorry, but like... Bro, there's a know. time and place for everything. And that was just very much not either. Of it was not. And like, guess what? An inning later, Tyler O'Neill hit a fucking home run and the Cardinals beat them in that game. So, you know. I mean, you had the, the, the fly ball he, he dropped in center. In one of those games, Tatis, yeah, he just completely yeah, missed yeah. it. Um, so, like, I mean, we can go on and on. I, I guess and they kind of – go ahead. You could just also go the other way and be like, Tatis is arguably the front runner for the NL MVP. <laughs> like, it's true. Despite all of this and despite his injuries, Tatis is having an amazing season. Like, That's – yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, can you imagine if all the Padres were the other way around and they were having above-average seasons – instead of below their average, like this team would probably be winning the West. If you look at it like that, if, if injuries weren't happening and all this and like Melanson, like I said, he leads the NL in saves. So he'll probably finish the season doing that. Um, and then like you said, but Charles are having his best season, but he's having his best full season since about 2018. That was the mm-hmm. year that he split with Baltimore and LA. And then honestly, dude, like, I guess he's not the front runner, but like, I'm sorry, Musgrove has kind of pitched himself into at least, I'm going to say top five Cy Young talks. I don't know yeah. if he's top three, obviously like there's been some injuries. So maybe he is now like DeGrom's not really in the talks anymore. Um, hmm. So he could be there. And then it's like, despite this, they're 20 and a half games back. They're in third place and they're three and a half out of the NL wildcard spot. I mean, yeah, I think what to kind of like put a bow on this, like they're, their roster is like one of the best in the league. Like it's an A plus roster, but like it's just it not. It just not everything just hasn't broke. So I mean I don't know. Like it just happens. I don't know. That's what we've seen so many times. It's like your roster can be amazing on paper, but if you don't get the results on the field, I mean it's just not going to work out. <laughs> and like it's, you know, who knows? And like they could still make the playoffs. We don't know. Like it, the Cardinals could have a shitty two weeks. The Padres could somehow pull this off. <laughs> even though they have like the hardest schedule remaining and you know, that wild card game could be Musgrove or Darvish against Scherzer in LA. So you never know, but yeah, it doesn't look so good right now. So we'll see what happens. All right. Getting into not what is it, what it seems and now it seems uh, I want to talk Javi Baez who obviously an awful start to his Mets career. I like, it could not have gone any worse. <laughs> Um, on the field, off the field, but 
he is on a tear. He now is batting over 37 games with the Mets, 946 OPS, nine home runs, 19 RBIs. Like this, someone compared this to that Cespedes run from 2015 when he joined the team. It's actually pretty close. Like I know that's kind of like yeah. regarded as like one of the best. Like he, yeah. is putting up pretty similar numbers. So, I, I, I guess my question is, all the thumbs down antics aside, and he's also such a streaky player too. Like he can also go one for his next twenty, and you wouldn't doubt it. How right, important right. do you think it is? that the Mets resign them. Okay, so, I mean, in my opinion, obviously I'm not a Mets fan. Like, you probably have more of an opinion on this, but in my opinion, man, like, I think it's crucial that they resign him for, like, a few different reasons. Um, Obviously, like, he's been a great player, man, okay? Um, He's having his best season this year since about – I mean, I think this year is even better than his 2019 – I think this is closer to his MVP type season. Obviously the RBIs aren't there, but like his MVP season in 2018, he had 111 RBIs. I think that led the league. Mm. And I think Yelich might've won it that year. So I think Bias has, what does he have? 84 right now, but he has like the same amount of homer, almost the same amount of homers. So it's very similar. Um, first of all, him and Lindor, like we've talked about, dude, they're such good friends. Like, bros, yeah. That's why it just blows my mind that the Mets haven't taken off. And I guess, like, the thumbs-down thing kind of put a halt to that from the beginning. Um, We could say whatever we want about that. Um, But, you know, Baez and Lindor obviously like playing together. And I think that if – I don't know. If things go the right way, like, the next couple years, then the Mets will really have a shot if they have Baez too. Because, I mean, I I think that Baez – is a great shortstop, but when he's playing second base, he's an even better defender there because he's such a good defender at shortstop. So that alone makes them probably the best middle infield in the league defensively. Um, You know, I mean, I think he's just shown that like, he doesn't like, yeah, everything happened with the thumbs down too. look at his stats. Those have not been affected at all because of this. Like you said, he probably had a bad what first week, maybe week and a half with the match, maybe two weeks. But ever and then since came then, the he's thumbs been down. on fire. So ever since that happened, he's been playing better. So, you know, I think it's Who almost like he, like, he thrives on it, dude. You know, and it's like, I think that just proves that he could thrive in a place like New York because he took yeah. a negative and he just started playing better. And now he's a positive. It's impressive. Like, I believe it was yeah. the day after all that stuff happened. He scored the winning run by like being really aggressive, running the bases and like the fans were cheering, whatever. It was good. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was all like, Man, I just think that he has to stay because if you're Steve Cohen, like that also proves that like, look, all right, we got through a little bit of a rough patch in the beginning, but you know what? We're really glad the way you've been playing with us. You've been playing great. You're good friends with Lindor. So we're going to do this and we want you guys to be our middle infield the next time we win a World Series. Yeah. That's how I feel. But yeah, um, I will say, I, I think there's definitely tapes of us a couple of weeks ago going, there's no way he's resigning. This is yeah. a disaster. So I'm just admitting to that myself as a Mets fan. I think I've completely turned shit, um, yeah. in my opinion. So, um, yeah. But I I agree. I, I think I think you have to you have to open up the pocketbook for him. And I think also because now you're not going to pay Conforto 
that big money. Like I think that was the whole thing all season. We're like, oh, we gotta right. save this two hundred million for Conforto. Like for years, like that's kind of been the expectation. Like you have to put that aside. Now, I don't think so. Now you can redistribute it other ways. I mean. I don't know how so, much space in their guard now, but yeah, I think my, my right. point is now this is open up the money where you do spend a little upwards of 200 mil on hockey. Right. And like, I, I think that no matter what happens with this, the CBA, like, fuck it. If you guys don't make the playoffs, sign Javi right when the playoffs start, because I think he's going to want money before all this stuff happens, because then you never know what contracts are going to come up with the CBA stuff or whatever the hell right. is going to happen with that. Um, plus Conforto's not having his best season either. So I feel like if you, if I was you guys, I would give him the qualifying offer because he might be inclined to take it and then you pay him like next year or maybe not. But like, right. then if, if you give him that too, and he doesn't take it, you get a draft pick. So and screw him. Like there's, if you're not taking right, like, because dude, I think the, I think the QO this year is going to be like 20 million. So like, that's a, I mean, Jesus, if you're going to bank on yourself, I'd take 20 million in a season. No, and like he deserves about 2 million after the season he just had. Right. And like, you know, obviously, again, let's say you guys magically make the playoffs and he has an amazing playoff run that could obviously change a lot of things. But as of right now, I agree with you. He doesn't deserve much. And if you guys give him that, and let's say you give him that too, and he does it and he banks on himself and it works. Yeah. Then he's helping you guys too. So like, then that's a good thing because we know how good he is. Like, he's just obviously he's having a bad year, but we know how good he has been in the past. Injuries aside, so um, yeah. I mean, I just think though, Baez is the priority. He's got to be. Yeah. And while we're rambling on about the Mets, quick shout out: <laughs> Aaron Loop is having an absurd season right now. His ERA is one. I think over the last thirty games, it's zero point three. Like, the guy just is not giving up runs anymore. So, I, it's the reason I thought of it, because we're talking about guys who resign. Have yeah. to resign that guy. I don't even care if he doesn't replicate this season. So, yeah, man. I mean, that's a guy who's been, like, an okay player. And then, like, now that he's having this year, he's not going to want, like, an insane money, like Chapman money or something. Like, you could probably get him for, like, three years, $27 million. We've seen deals like that, you know, like yeah. $9 million a year. That's Steve wants to make a team – built to win you got to keep this guy because he obviously doesn't back down from playing in new york either no so, so yeah that's the season priority bias aaron loop there we so, go i don't everyone else <laughs> screw him they're out unless i'm, I'm yeah. forgetting some key player there but uh, let's uh let's move on who you got next yeah so i'm actually gonna move on to somebody who's a little bit of a similar player to this he's a free agent after this year he's kind of on a team friendly deal i believe his deal was only for one one year about three million dollars with the red sox we're gonna talk about hunter renfro um dude this guy is having an absurd season i mean maybe not mvp numbers but he's pretty damn close um right now he's hitting 260 28 homers, 91 RBIs, and an 819 OPS, which is like by far his best season ever. Um, For what, $3 million? So about is that what that, you said? Yes. Yeah. About, I think it was like $3.1 million or something crazy like that. Um, so from 2017 to 2019, he was relatively a regular player with the Padres. Um, 
against tough righties, I believe he didn't play a ton, but he was probably playing about 130 to 140 games a year. And over that three-year span, he averaged a 232 batting average, 28 homers, which is also exactly what he has right now. So from that perspective, it's about the same. But every other perspective, he's way better this year. Um, 63 RBIs, and then he would average a 778 OPS over those three years, which isn't terrible. Um, but, I mean, to boost up so much like this, it's kind of crazy. Um, and, I mean, last year, too, he pretty much took the season off, if we're going to be honest. He was with Tampa Bay, and he was in, like, a platoon pinch hitting role for a 60-game season. Throw that away. That does not matter mm. for him. I believe he hit, like, 160-something last year because he didn't play much. Yeah. So that was just kind of bad on Tampa to do that, but that's a Tampa thing to do. They weren't going to platoon a power guy like that. That's just what they do. Yeah. Um, plus he's an outstanding defender. I like, at least from the throwing perspective, um, we saw a game, I think it was a couple weeks ago where he was playing center field defensively. They moved him there later in the game and I, he threw somebody out at third. I think it was Joey Wendell or someone, Brandon Lau maybe, to end the game. And Boston ended up winning the game. It was at Fenway, and they threw him out and won the game. Um, you know, I mean, I just think that at 29 years old, he's finally getting a chance to play almost every day with Boston. Like, they're not really sitting in much. He's playing no matter no. who's on the mound, no matter if it's Garrett Cole, no matter if it's Hunjin Ryu, no matter who it is. Um, and, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you think that, like, at 29 years old, some guys just take until now to break out. Do you think he's finally proved that like he's an everyday player for like years to come in a corner outfield spot? I think so. Yeah. Well, I think the one thing you hit on was that his, his home run total this year is actually not that far ahead of his averages. So that kind of leads me to believe like this isn't something out of blue. So yeah. I, I would say for the most part. Yeah. A um, couple of things I've noticed with him, his, in August, he had 10.37 OPS with 10 bombs. And he's he's dropped off a little bit in September. But, like, my point is the second half stats have actually been yeah. better than the first half. So, he's, like, he's it's not something where he got hot in the beginning of the season and cooled off. Yeah. I'm curious what deal he's going to command now at 29. Right. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm trying to – I was trying to remember, like, outfielders that were about his age that, that kind of broke out, like – but, like, there's not many recently. Like, I feel like guys usually don't take this long to break out. But, I mean, maybe he could possibly get a deal similar to, like, what the Brewers gave Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain was a little bit yeah. older. But, like, because I don't think he's going to get, like, a George Springer type deal or anything like no. that yet. No. Like, maybe if someone gave him another one-year deal and he did it again, like, possibly. But, like, I don't think he's there yet. Um, I don't know. I just – I feel like he's definitely got to get a multi-year contract with like a contending team. I don't see, maybe he reminds me like another guy that's always been really interesting to me is Adam Duvall. How has he not gotten a big deal yet? That's true. He gets Adam Duvall is on the very, like, low key a very good season. He's already driven in a hundred runs, right? I think, or he's at least really close. I think he's yeah. really close. Um, but like, then you look at Renfro, Renfro's driven in 91 already. Like odds are he's going to get nine more RBIs in the next two weeks. So he's going to get a hundred. Um, plus if the Red Sox do make the playoffs and he has like a, he goes on a tear in October that could even make him earn more money during the off season. So, yeah. A uh, quick aside too. I'm looking like at stats, like bad average balls in play home run rate, yeah. isolate power. They're all right about the same as his career average. 
So I think mm. that's just more evidence to you that like he this yeah. is like he's kind of came into his like own. I feel like he just kind of needed a chance to play every day. Like you know right. what I mean? Because yeah, um the RBIs just speak for themselves because it's not like he's just getting the RBIs during home runs. Like he's driving in runs other ways. Plus his batting average has gone up 28 points. It's not like a lot, but a guy that hits 260 is going to get a lot more love than a guy that hits 232. So, Oh yeah. Um, and plus his OPS is up a lot too. It was from 778 to 819. So that's what pretty much 40 points. I mean, when you're going from a below 800 and then you're above 800 during a whole season, that seems legit to me. I mean, I think to really keep it there the whole year, not to just have like a good month. Like he's been a good year. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, man, he's a big reason why the Red Sox have stayed in the race, to be honest. Um, like when they signed him, I remember I saw it and I was like, man, I mean, that's kind of cool. He'll probably do the same thing he did with Tampa. He'll probably platoon right. and do all this stuff. And I think because of some injuries, maybe he got the chance. And then, like, him and J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts, Rafi Devers, have really been the guys that have been, like, holding this team together. So, Last thing I'll say, too, um, it's rare to have Tampa in this part of the conversation where, like, oh, they actually <laughs> yeah. messed up. Or, I know. I mean, I guess you make the argument maybe they didn't, but, like, that they misused this guy and he went somewhere else, so – Odd to hear that's that kind of yeah that is kind of strange especially to a team in the same division like, that's that true. doesn't really happen much so that's true. Uh, well yeah, on that note, interesting uh, yeah on that note let's talk standings real quick so okay at the time of recording like you said boston is in that first wild card spot they're one half ahead blue jays oh okay blue jays are tied for it but they have one more loss so right so it's yeah. essentially it's essentially a tie it's and then, pretty much exactly what it was last week. <laughs> okay, Yankees, so has it changed? Okay, I wasn't sure where we were last week. I think that the Yankees, so it was a little bit flipped, though. I think that last week the Yankees and the Blue Jays were the other way around, or maybe even Toronto had the first spot. I don't know. Right. I think it's basically a mosh pit with these three teams, and I think that's going to be the way it is for the next two weeks. So. Well, yeah, basically, no, okay. Yeah. yeah, Yankees half game out, A's two, Mariners three. Yeah. I feel like we've said that for a few weeks now. That's fair. Right. Getting no to the national league that's changed a lot so st mm-hmm. louis is now they're in the second spot and they're three games up three games that's insane dude three we would games, not have but, thought this well right but with like 13 left i i think that's kind of what if three doesn't right. sound like a lot it kind of is at this point yeah it is and like i think you know to have the padres four out the reds are still ahead of san diego um Man, it's just looking bleak for San Diego. I mean, even for Cincinnati. Um, Same the Cardinals thing. just. No, go ahead. I, I was just going <laughs> to say the Cardinals look good, man. Like they just, they look like they're going to sneak in at this point, but you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, same thing I've said every week. The Reds just really choked this opportunity away. <sighs> man, they did. And I mean, if you look too, like this time of year, you can't be losing games. And if you look at like teams past ten games, the Cardinals are nine and one, the Reds are four and six, the Padres are two and eight, and I'm even gonna punch you here. The Mets are three and seven, so it's not looking good for the Mets either. Um, but you know, even the Phillies are five and five. If you're fighting for that spot, you cannot be going five and five 
And we talked about the Padres' difficult schedule. We talked about the Phillies. They had the easiest schedule, and they're still finding a way to lose. So that is just kind of crazy to me. I think the Phillies have a better shot at the division than they do at the wild card. Right now, they're only three games out in the division. They're so I don't know what, what you think about that. You don't think they catch the Braves? I, I've said this all year. Only, they just only don't two, impress me at all. Dude, they're only two back in the win column, though. I, I just feel like I they mean, never put it together. I'll believe it when I see it. Like I, just I mean, don't... do you think that like if the if the Phillies miss the playoffs, do you think Bryce Harper wins the MVP or no? Or do you think it's still Tatis's? Or I mean, they might miss the playoffs well, I think they're too. Both gonna miss at this point, right? So um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I still lean Harper. I mean, Harper's been a beast, dude. I mean, it's just crazy how good they've both been, and their teams still are not there. Like you don't see that very often. We'll have to break that down next week, our MVP yeah. picks, or because yeah. it's it's freaking close. That so. is. Um, I mean, have you given up on the Mets completely just to touch on that oh, a little bit? That's, or, or, no, that that's yeah. been done, Jordan. That's they're, they're, I mean, they're six games out. What do we got? Thirteen games left. It's, I think it's, we all right, let's just go um thirteen and one. Yeah. And then have everyone else just suck the rest of the way. Last season, man. Man. just last season, and I mean, yeah. no, I have nothing else to say. That's it. I mean, as of right now, make a guess right now, though. Do the Cardinals get that second spot? What do you think? I think so. I, I feel like Cincinnati has not shown me anything that they're gonna catch them, and obviously, like we said, San Diego is not. So I'm lining that way. What about you? I'm sticking with my Reds, dude. I am. <laughs> I think they okay. Got it. They got it. Then I'm telling you, I'm going Reds. I just. I've been on them for years, and they keep proving me wrong. I don't know why I keep saying otherwise, but you know what? No. I'm, I'm sticking with them. So, <laughs> Well, let's talk Reds for a second with injuries. So Jesse Winker is back on the 10-day IL with the intercostal strain. I feel like he's been on this oh, list man. all the time in the second half. So, just, just when I got my hopes up, you just right, put me right I back mean, down. <laughs> I don't know, man. man I, I think Vado's so pulled I, off a little bit too. I don't know yeah. how Castellanos has been, but I know yeah. that Winker though. He he came back on Friday, I think. He played one game. He left the game early, and then they put him back on the IL. So yeah. maybe they rushed him back. I don't know what happened there, but hopefully, hopefully he'll be back before the season's over. Because man, I think probably before the All Star break, he was in the MVP talks too. Uh, him and yeah. Castellanos yeah, he both was. were definitely. Um, so. You know, we hope to see him play a little bit this more this season because he was having such a great year. People are going to forget about this year because he got hurt at the end, but, like, he's still put together a solid season, so hopefully he'll come back. Yeah. Shipped him to Toronto, Hunjin Ryu, 10-day IL with neck tightness. He actually had dropped off a lot recently. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe even a break is good for him at this point. You know, you wonder that, like, neck tightness means right take some time regroup hopefully we make the playoffs and then you're there for october so plus because we talked about how good their um, rotation's been otherwise like barrios has been great um matt's all these guys have been right. solid so and if there's yeah. a team that can afford to have a little drop off and starting pitching it's probably toronto so yeah i agree yeah yeah um staying in that division Tell me who's coming back for the Yankees. Big name. Oh, man, dude, my guy. Luis Severino has been activated almost after not pitching for almost two years at the big league level. In a while, uh, man. I think the last time he pitched 
was unfortunately against the Astros in the 2019 ALC. That was like so long ago. Dude, if you think about it, that's before COVID, man. That's a long no, time. No, like the world is just so changing so many ways since the last yeah. time Luis Severino's pitch. That's cool though, um, man. He's he's electric so, when he's when he's on, like oh, he's man. a huge boost. I'm pumped for him, man. And like he is going to be used as a reliever for the rest of the season and in the playoffs. So you wonder yeah. what that will look like. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't really know how much they built him up in the minors when he was rehabbing. So he may even be like a setup type guy or even Chapman has been better as of late but right. um Severino could be used as that type of guy um because like man when he throws as hard as he does and he has that slider and change up combo um you know you put him in there in the eighth inning and he just goes out there and fucking is roaring fastballs in that he might even hit some more velocity than he's ever hit before but um yeah so I actually wanted to mention something though I didn't get to mention it before um Chapman Everyone talks about how he's been kind of bad recently after the All-Star break. Right. Here are his numbers in his past 24 outings since July 6th. So this is before the All-Star break. Okay. 22.2 innings. He's only allowed five runs, 13 hits, 40 strikeouts, and a 1.99 ERA. Since July 6th. 12 saves, 12 saves, zero blown saves. Well, right, because July 4th was when he had the the meltdown against the Mets. So I, I guess that was really the low point. So, like, he's bounced back, man. Like, he has not been bad recently. A lot of people forget this because of, you know, for good reason, because he had some really, really bad outings. Let's face it. Um, We talked about him on Not What It Seems, I believe, and I thought that he was going to be fine. And, I mean, look at him. He's proving me right. So, dude, if we we make the playoffs and we're in the wildcard game and Cole goes, let's say he goes five, okay? And then you got Chad Green back, and then you got Severino, and you got Britain. Now Britain won't be back. I meant uh, Licky, who's been pretty good. And then you go okay. to Chapman and Severino at the end. I mean, that's a pretty solid bullpen, especially because Chapman's been back. So um, I think it's probably also the thing too. Like a lot of times with closes, I feel like we just notice when they do bad, but like we don't care when they're <laughs> right. like actually doing their job. So that's probably part of it with Chapman. We just have like a negativity bias yeah. against them. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, though, you could even say the same thing about Edwin Diaz sometimes. Like, you don't focus on when he's been good. You just focus mm. on the shitty outings. Like, as a Mets dude, fan. he's been having a good year, though, man. You, you can't deny that he's been having a good year. Oh, my God. He's just freaking streaky, though. I, don't, don't, I know. Don't get me started on Edwin Diaz. That's enough. <laughs> um, and then um, last injury again to Wander Franco will be activated today. Today, yeah. So he was so, back by the time this is out. Yeah. Yeah. So last week we thought he was going to be out for like another two or three weeks and maybe be back for the playoffs. So yeah, I forgot about. Hopefully that. they're not. Hopefully they're not rushing him back. I hope that he's going to be fine. Um, because you know, even though I'm a Yankees fan, he's a great player to watch. So I really hope oh, yeah. that'll be all right. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in October for sure too. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, give me a series you're looking forward to this week. <clears throat> well. At this point, I kind of got to go with this series. It's the last rivalry series of the year. Yankees at Fenway, Friday through Sunday. Big series for both teams. Um, you know, I mean, I think whoever wins two out of three in this series has a great shot to make the postseason, and whoever doesn't has a great shot to miss the postseason, let alone if somebody sweeps, because that'll be really big. So um, I'm sure each of those games are going to go about four and a half hours. <laughs> They will yeah. all be on ESPN or Fox. 
when, <laughs> I know when, that we're on. I know we're on Sunday Night Baseball as usual. So. Shocker! No, all seriousness, <laughs> that, that's a huge series. Yeah. I mean, for that, yeah, it is. For at this time, at this time of the year, it's always fun to have like Yankees Red Sox be actually an important series. So, I want some. Uh, I want something crazy. To oh happen. man! Imagine we get a brawl, dude. That'd be great. Please, uh, I love it. Yeah. I'm going. Uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm going Astros at A's this upcoming okay. weekend. So I mean, A's need. He's really need like at least two out of three here. I. I they really. What, do. what did we say? They're two out. Yeah. They. They really. They're two out. Yeah. They really gotta get this one. Um, yeah. And Houston's look good, man. Houston's had a very good season. Even though we don't like to focus on, we like to focus on like the White Sox or yeah. the Rays. So. Yeah, but say what you want, man. Houston is having a good year. So, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs, as usual. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, now I just want to give you guys a stat of the week. This one's kind of a weird stat. Um, well, I mean, we've had some weird ones, but this one is okay. about hit by pitches. So, on Friday, Padres reliever Austin Adams hit his 24th batter of the season, which is the most in a single season since 1906. Wow. So he's only pitched 49.2 innings this season, and he's hit 24 batters. And before this season, he had only hit two batters over 42 career innings pitched. So so basically every other inning, he's hitting someone. <laughs> right. Wow. Not the, not the stat you want to be on that side of, for sure. Um, that's a – damn, that's a lot. I just can't even believe they keep putting him out there. Like, how is he at the big league level after he's still doing that? Not I'm to, curious, like, you know. is he giving up runs because of it? Or is he able to, like, dance his way out? Like, I don't know what his numbers yeah. are. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, man, that's, like, that's strange. I don't know. Hitting 24 batters in that many innings. I I mean, I don't think we're going to see that for another 100 years again. Like, No, like, he might hit, happened. like, two batters next year. Right, yeah. I mean, well, who knows? He may even – it's two weeks left. He might get some more this year. You never know. So, he's going to set his own record, and I don't think it's going to be broken anytime soon. That's for sure. Wow, interesting. Um, that, is a, that is a weird one. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, that wraps up for us. Hopefully, we'll have less technical difficulties next week. We'll be <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, always next week, that. We're really closing on now. So Yeah, man. Next week, we'll probably be talking playoff predictions, stuff like that. You think it'll be decided by then? You think by the time this time next week we'll know? Well, I mean, I'm guessing we're going to be guess. I mean, predicting the wild card, we're really going to have a fine line. I think so. Yeah. Um. So we'll see, man. It's gonna at that point, it's gonna be like a week of baseball left, which is kind of crazy until the playoffs. So yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Everyone enjoy these next two weeks. If your team has unfortunately been eliminated already, just have fun watching them the rest of the year because then you won't get to until next year. So. Um, have some fun. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. So good. And take care.